Well, people sure rained on my parade this week. I had a vision for today's service that when the kids paraded around the sanctuary this morning that they would be invited to bring their scooters and their skates and to, you know, decorate them. I was thinking Rose Parade in my mind and then they would come zooming around the sanctuary. Wouldn't that have been a great parade? And then the congregation was going to be invited to throw streamers on them as they went by and um, <clears throat> balloons would be released from the ceiling and select people would have a confetti gun and every once in a while, boom, a boom, and a shower of confetti would go off like a ticker tape parade. This is, was my vision for today. And none of those ideas got traction. All the adults around me were frowning, shaking their heads. One person suggested silly string instead of streamers, so I scaled down my plans. I bought silly string for every person here. And so then my idea was, wait till you find out. We were gonna squirt the kids as they walked by, right? That was my idea. And after I bought all that silly string, mind you, <clears throat> people shook their head and said, absolutely not. Don't you know that silly string stains? No, I did not know. I Googled it, you know. We can't have that in the sanctuary. And that deflated me good. Aren't adults the worst? Dream killers, that's what they are. Now here in Pasadena area, our, our parade day is always the 1st of January. But in Christ's church, in all corners of the world, today, Palm Sunday, is our parade day. And the parade day that inspired all of my vision board this week is Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the week of his death. Now, saying it that way, putting the whole week into one sentence, allows us to see that, that this triumph is going to be nuanced. It's a happy day, but sadness is already seeping into its corners because of what comes next. We're going to be reading that account in Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 1. <clears throat> when they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. It's in Zechariah 9, 9. The disciples went and did as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. <clears throat> the whole city 
was in turmoil when this parade made its entrance. And that word is used of storms and earthquakes, turmoil. It reminds us of Jesus' birth when the wise men came to Jerusalem inquiring after the child who has been born king of the Jews. And Herod was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. Bookends on the life of Jesus creating an uproar causing upheaval, the Messiah who came to save his people who was not recognized. Who is this? The whole city in turmoil asks. And not meaning, what's this guy's name? But who is he that people are parading him in? What's his deal? Everything about this parade is meant to answer that question, who is this? In much of the Gospels, Jesus has withheld that answer, and he's told, his, he's told his disciples, he's told people he healed, don't tell anybody about me. But there is no need for secrecy. This parade is a public manifestation that Jesus, of Jesus and his kingly majesty and authority. And here Jesus discloses his messianic identity. <clears throat> those mysterious directions of the disciples to go and find this donkey and the colt tied up and bring them to Jesus. And when the owner objects, say the Lord needs them. It's kind of a, it's a similar dynamic of preparing the Last Supper where Jesus sends his disciples ahead with directions that are mysterious to his unknown people. Like how does he know there's a donkey there and that the person will allow that donkey to be taken by the disciples? Well, it all fits it with the foreknowledge of Jesus that he has exhibited before. Matthew's account has two animals in the parade. He alone of the gospel writers take literally the Old Testament prophecy that is really a poem. And everybody knows that in Hebrew poetry, a line is repeated with different words kind of to bring out its nuances. But Matthew, who is really extra concerned with the fulfillment of prophecy, takes it literally. So he has the disciples bringing not only the donkey, but the foal along with the donkey. And people who know their Bible, which is to say all the spectators lined up on the route, should see a king when Jesus rides by because of that prophecy. So the disciples follow Jesus' instructions, and in case the spectators are a little confused, there's a large, jubilant, growing crowd of spectators who throw down their cloaks and cut down tree branches and spread them on the road for Jesus to ride, think red carpet. And then a great many of them go in front of Jesus, shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Heaven joins our praise to the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And it doesn't hurt that Hosanna originally meant save us, although by this time it probably just meant a woohoo, but a kind of a little praise filled, woohoo, praise the Lord, kind of thing. Silly string. If you were a spectator who knew your Bible and you heard Jesus being called the son of David, and it's very interesting, he's not called the son of man here, that's Jesus' favorite title for himself. He's not called the son of God, he's called the son of David. You would have remembered that King David had reversed that trajectory, a walk of shame out of Jerusalem. Because when David's son Absalom usurped the throne, David had to flee Jerusalem going up the ascent 
of the Mount of Olives. His head was covered. He was walking barefoot. He was weeping as he went and all the people with him. And now the son of David re reverses that journey coming down from the Mount of Olives in joy and in victory. Everything about this parade shouts, Jesus is king. Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. And even the donkey is a sign of kingship. You know, I considered renting a donkey for today. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been wonderful to have a donkey come down the middle of the aisle? And in my vision for the sermon, I would have had the donkey in the middle of the parade of children. And then I imagined what fun the kids would have riding that donkey around in the sanctuary. And then afterwards, they could ride around on the grass. <clears throat> that would have been something. You know, next year. <laughs> but that isn't the biblical picture. I would have really had to have a, ma a man ride that donkey in our parade. And then my thoughts turned to my beloved husband, Robert. <laughs> and I imagined the donkey being written, ridden by the tallest man among us, which I assume is Robert Devon. I didn't bring up this idea to the adults I was checking with this week. I already know they would have poo-pooed that idea. Get it, poo-pooed that idea? So I didn't even try. But, and, and I really do not suppose that, Robert, that Jesus is as big of a man as Robert is. But the visual of a grown man riding on a donkey, I would have loved to have the, that visual come right down the aisle. It's not really quite a majestic sight, is it? The Eastern iconographic tradition depicts Jesus riding side saddle on a donkey, the way women ride, not warriors. And even the prophetic announcement in Zechariah says as much, look, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey. A humble, gentle king is not exactly what the people pictured of their Messiah. They needed a warrior for a king. They needed strength, not weakness. They needed bigger and better weapons to secure their freedom from Rome, not defenselessness. Well, we're currently following a war in Ukraine and the plea for several weeks has been more weapons, bigger weapons, better weapons. And whoever has the best weapons wins. And we can see the cold, clear, hard logic of that. It's the way our world works, and it always has. But I wonder, I wonder whether we, like those early witnesses, are pulled towards strength and away from gentleness. Even knowing now what we know about Jesus, knowing that he does not come to overpower, but to invite. Knowing that he will not batter down our defenses, but rather waits to be invited in. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He doesn't use a battering ram. He doesn't use his superior divine power. The gentle, humble Jesus waits for us. The king is not supposed to ever wait for anybody. 
And are we ever disappointed in the gentle Jesus? Wouldn't we rather he use more power? Just think about your prayers in the last week. Don't we want power from Jesus? Are we disappointed in seeing our Messiah on a donkey? I've been watching a little back and forth going on in social media. <clears throat> there have been many memes and songs based on Jesus' title in Revelation as the Lion of Judah. The avenging lion will come to put this earth right. And I love that idea. But there's only one mention in Revelation about Jesus the lion. And there are 27 mentions of his title, the lamb. And most often in Revelation, that's the lamb that was slain. One to 27. And yet I feel like we would much prefer the lion. And of course it isn't that Jesus will never use his power or, or that he doesn't use it now. It's that we're always perpetually surprised when he really prefers the way of the lamb to the way of the lion. Even victorious in his resurrection, he uses the gentler title, the lamb. So Jesus is a king who does not conquer. Jesus is the king who acts as a servant. And we see both things at the same time. We see Jesus riding into Jerusalem, humble on a donkey, but let not our eyes deceive us. This king comes offering full, complete salvation, everlasting salvation. That is the divine order. And we don't get to know that salvation until we welcome him into our hearts as our king, until we fully submit to him as our gentle king. Well, the people in that first parade could clearly see and hear the proclamation of Jesus as their king, as their Messiah. It was, it was a glorious parade. It was happy, shouting, waving branches, the praises raised to heaven. What an exciting day. And maybe the disciples forgot that Jesus told, him, told them he was going to Jerusalem to be killed Maybe they, who ought to know better by now, got swept up with the crowd to think that Jesus was going to overthrow maybe the Romans with such a crowd as this. Look at all these people. We could mobilize these people. Look at them. They sure love Jesus, don't they? They would never let him down, would they? Would you trust yourself to a crowd? It's going really well. <laughs> Goes really well with the crowd until it doesn't. 
And the crowd that day would drop Jesus just a few days later. Now I'm sure as Matthew knows his Bible, there were notes of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 3 ringing in his mind as he wrote about this triumphant entry. The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand the pain of that for Jesus. Who is this? The people watching the parade asked, and the answer came back. This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Nailed it. But remember, O oh reader, that this will not end well. Remember that kingship does not mean glory, that Jesus will not insist on his rights. Remember, O oh reader, that Jesus enters Jerusalem, a city that kills its prophets. I had visions for this Palm Sunday sermon that included the sound of loud rejoicing and the boom of the confetti cannon and even the braying and smell of a donkey. And if we had been able to overcome the adult objections to all of that, and if we had had a full-scale parade that I envisioned in my mind, the one most important part of that parade would have been each one of us in that crowd taking off our jackets, putting them on the floor, tramping on them. Did that bother you? <laughs> Some adults are very uncomfortable with me putting my shoes on my jacket, but notice I didn't do it when the kids walked around because who knows where their feet have been. <laughs> And if we had a donkey, what you, I would not. If there was, I would not if there was a donkey. Right? Visualize yourself. What if the donkey had to do some of its business right when it comes to your cloak? What? If it was Jesus. How did they joyfully, willingly do that? You see me walking the line over the line into adulthood instead of childlike faith. You see that line? I might have crossed over into adulthood on that one. But if you're afraid of silly string, you're not going to put your cloak down. Putting your cloak down means now you've got skin in the game. It's more than just words. In Jesus' day, it really signified submission. It was uh, done to honor the king. But even with that sacrifice, those people did not mean it. It was just words. They took it back the next day. And are we like them? Would we celebrate Jesus until it becomes too uncomfortable, until it demands something of us that puts us out, until it clashes with something else that we value? Would we proclaim Jesus as king above our love of comfort, above our love of wealth, above our ambition, above our love of country, above our love of party? Do we claim Jesus as king? Words are easy. The Hosannas just rolled off people's lips. They shouted and shouted. Some of them were probably hoarse. The next day, somebody said, well, why is your voice sounding funny? Oh, you should have seen that great parade. But their words were cheap because their actions didn't follow their words. And those words 
are kind of strange to us. Jesus is my king. To us Americans, we don't bow to kings. We don't do too well with authority. So we have learned what those words mean and they become a little more familiar in our mouth, but they are countercultural in our culture. But Jesus demands everything of us, everything, submission in every area of our lives. So listen to his voice. He calls to us, he waits for us, he holds salvation for us. And can we say today with a joyful heart, with a full and thankful heart, with a heart that is bowed to him, Hosanna to Jesus, my King. So before we do a little more singing, we're going to do some reflecting and praying. And I ask you to bow, bow your heads and examine all the areas of your life and bring them before your king and submit them before your king, all areas. And let the Holy Spirit guide you in this reflection as to which area of your life you need to submit to Jesus. It's a moment of silence. Jesus, we come before you, our heads are bowed, our hearts are bowed before your throne. It's a throne of grace and mercy. We come before you to put all of our life, all aspects of our life in submission to you. This is not something that is easy for us to do. Work on us, God, so that we do continue tomorrow and the next day and the next day to give you all areas of our life. We don't want to take it back the way these people took it back a few days later. Help us, God. Help us to bring this to you because we want to accept from you grace and mercy and salvation and forgiveness. We want joy in you, our King. So help us, Lord, help us in bringing this to you so that we could say, Hosanna to Jesus, my King. In your name we pray, amen. We meet in Altadena every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific, both in the sanctuary and on YouTube. Most other events will be starting up soon, but if you need prayer now, please reach out to us at altabapprayer at aol.com. And again, as always, we pray God's blessings on you this week.